Welcome to the Untitled Film Project Podcast. It's time to talk about how the Guardians of Galaxy save Christmas. I just saw on the calendar that right now on Earth, it's almost Christmas time. We don't have time for trivialities like Christmas. But Peter's so sad about Gamora being gone. Maybe if we go to Earth for a really wonderful Christmas gift. Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special is on Disney+. Plus. We get a peek into Guardians of the Galaxy. Where have they been? They don't reference anything from Thor or any of the other movies. But they do talk about Christmas. The Holiday Special is uh, their way of making Peter happy again. Initial thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, Justin Bradford. So I think this is going to be one of those streaming movies or shorts that will now be watched every holiday season. Interesting. Well, it's just one of those things, something to put on because I like having a string of things like I want to make sure I watch these things. There are the ones that are always going to be watched at certain times or ones that will always be on in the background sometime. This is one of those ones I think can be on in the background, but I'm still going to pay attention to it. It's fun. Sure. The big thing that stood out to me was we got Cosmo the dog. <laughs> I was so excited. And Cosmo and Rocket going back and forth. Uh, that that was fun because we got the tease of Cosmo before in the collector's area, yeah. but we didn't get much. Now we actually got Cosmo talking mm-hmm. uh, as well and having fun with that. Um, it's just it's a fun, feel-good thing that we got Kevin Bacon as well. And yeah. to it's James Gunn working on his goodbye to the MCU, I think, in kind of the callbacks to previous Guardians mm-hmm. movies, callbacks to, to previous jokes, like with the, the arm from Bucky and saying how basically... One she, of my favorite jokes. She just went and got it because it's Christmas time. Yeah. I'm taking it. Ripped and it off. He wanted it so bad when he saw it. Yeah. You got me the Winter Soldier's arm. All right. And, and um, thank you to, to Bradley Cooper for being a part of this since apparently Disney Parks wouldn't want to pay him enough to be a part of the ride. Um, <laughs> it just is so off. At Epcot, it is not Bradley Cooper. And it is easily and you can not tell. Bradley Cooper? Okay. You can 100 in the commercials, you can tell. And these are nationwide commercials, you can tell. So I'm thankful that Bradley Cooper was a part of this one. <laughs> he was he also was in the, the I Am Groot specials. The, right. The mini series. The mini ones. Right. The mini, mini series. I mean, he can record that at home. Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure he did. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So exactly. it was also what I enjoyed about it, though, is we also got more of Mantis and her story, and got to develop her character a little bit more, and the reason why she wanted to help save Christmas for Peter and everything, too, of being family, confirmed family, and also knowing that Drax was the last we're going to see of him in the Guardians Galaxy 3, because Dave Bautista said he's done, Yeah, Uh, so it's going to be the last of him, so it's good to see those two as the main characters of this special, because we got so much more of them, and then also with Groot, dear God, dude's been drinking a lot of milk. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like holding out Groot boy. with like not much up in his. It reminds me of um, Guy Guy or whatever his name is in Free Guy, where <laughs> yes. he's not quite complete with the, the uploading of the character yet. Because the, the dumb smile on Groot's face whenever he's doing it is, is fantastic. I thought wherever Groot is going to high school, he's like a defensive lineman. Yes. Yeah. Like, huh? You were literally rolling it right in front of me. Oh, I'm Groot. <laughs> But anyways, it's fun. It's a Guardians thing. It's fun. I enjoyed it. 
I didn't. I was looking for much depth in it, but it was just lots of laugh out loud moments for me, which is very important. And just Kevin Bacon being in it, and them finding a way to get them to Earth, and Mantis and Drake experiencing Earth. I thought was a great take on it because they hadn't before. Yeah. So I thought that was just fun. It was a fun take, a nice little tease to lead us into Guardians of the Galaxy three. All right. Uh, as it was unfolding, I hated it because I thought it was a budget <laughs> choice that the biggest stars and therefore the most expensive. Chris Pratt and the voice of Bradley Cooper, along with the CGI-heavy requirements of Groot, right? Sure. Were noticeably absent for 75% of the special. And I, but, was it probably a budgetary decision? No, that's, yeah, what my, yeah. that's what I thought. My knee-jerk reaction was like, oh, look at them taking the cheap way out. They're, <laughs> they're doing this holiday special. They did the three most expensive guys. And they're like, yeah, you stay on the sideline. We're only going to pay you for two days' work or whatever. But then I realized I actually liked how Drax and Mantis got more screen time, especially Mantis. We finally got to see that she can actually do something as an Avenger, not just put somebody to sleep or yeah. or manipulate their emotions by touching them. She can actually fight and she can... Or get punchlines and one-liners wrong. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really liked that a lot. Cosmo the Space Dog, Bradford mentioned it. I was love seeing that. Um, if you're a Funko Pop collector, go get that Cosmo Pop. That thing's going to skyrocket after <laughs> three. Uh, yes. uh, I'm not sure whether I like how it felt like a long form music video or not. Uh, this first song was a nice touch, but yeah. they played the whole thing. Uh, it, it, it was a gag, and I get it, but it I don't know. The, the whole thing seemed like a lot, but I kind of forgot about it as the story went along. And then at the end, Kevin Bacon does an entire five-minute song with the same band, and I was like, they're really stretching this, aren't they? Like They're like, hey, we we can't make this 20 minutes. Let's let's every trick in the book to this make it. It's saltwater taffy. It's we unbelievable. We just got the machine stretching it out. So I didn't... I, I didn't no, I'm not sure if I like that or not. I like the two songs that they're really cool, the good soundtrack additions. I will buy them and add them to my annual Christmas playlist. There's no question. But I just didn't, I don't think I liked that part of it. The reveal that Mantis is Star-Lord's half-sister, of course, is kind of cool, but it's also cliche. How many times have we seen this, right? And, I mean, it's, <laughs> sure. a, it's a lot. It's a Luke and Leia. It's yeah, a, you it's know, just, you, we've been Yeah, there. but it almost could have been deduced, right, just because Mantis was there with Ego. Sure. So, I mean, it's just kind of confirming. I, no, I totally get that. And, and like I said, I, I don't take off that many points for it. I just, you know, it struck points. me both ways. <laughs> uh, points was, uh, points, see, you got me saying it now. Peter was, no, he's nobody in his life, right? We were introduced to his character, period, because his mom died of cancer. Right. And that just gut-wrenching opening scene of Guardians 1. Uh, he kills his dad after his, you know, I'm going to take over the universe. Exactly. Scheme didn't happen in two. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and we kind of see he's a womanizer, too, in the first movie, especially and, and that kind of leads lends itself to, well, psychologically, he wants to be close to somebody, but he also doesn't want to be left and abandoned again, so he's right. kind of woman hops, or so to speak. So there's a lot of that. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? Good for him. He found somebody. That's great. It's, even it's his sister. It's pretty neat. So, again, not sure if I like that or not. All right. I, was, I'm, I wasn't sure quite where you were going with that, yeah. that he <laughs> found love with his sister. No, no, no. And I, you know, I'm like, is this like the middle family of love. Arkansas? Okay, family love, right. Jim. Family okay. love. Yeah, no. I mean, they, all right. No, I don't, to my knowledge, he's not from Alabama. No offense to people that are in Alabama. I live there. They're a wonderful <laughs> any other state. state that begins with the letter A. Uh, yes. I, <laughs> he also bought a hot dog from a stand there. I, well, let's not get into that. I, I'm also not sure how I felt about the animated scenes to begin and end the movie. Uh, it very well could have been intentional, yeah. But as a filmmaker of sorts myself and a, a video editor, my knee-jerk reaction was, "Oh, couldn't get Michael Rooker to come on a set, huh? He had to kind of settle for a voiceover." <laughs> no, I think it's more of a they they did that because it's a flashback. 
I to- that, that's totally a, a conscious decision. I to make. I'm just taking you through what I thought of during the film, dude. And your brain <laughs> needs to slow down. Well, have you met me? <laughs> yes. Yes. Your you foot have. does that's not know it. how to slow down either. Yeah. All right, here we go. It's a squirrel running on a treadmill. It is it's just, just woo! constantly yep, right through Georgia. Uh, right. <laughs> Wish I remember the town. Uh, and then my last note is, uh, is what Bradford said. I loved how Bucky had Bucky's arm found up in Rocket because then that. In that scene, and is it? It's a uh, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. He goes, "I'm going to get that arm." Yeah, and so he finally gets which it, which was a callback to the original Guardians yes, of the Galaxy. Right, of course. You know? Yeah, which I and James Gunn had to say, reply in a tweet. That's how he confirmed how <laughs> Nebula got the arm. Was she went to Earth and ripped it off Bucky because she's feeling so Christmassy? That's how he confirmed. <laughs> Fantastic. What and it Bucky's is. not a favorite character of mine, so just the thought of that happening to him was <laughs> like, oh, I like that. That's well, funny. And quickly before we get to Jim, point the Yondu stuff. Yeah. I really enjoyed how they continued the arc of Yondu being a father figure because sure. they painted as, you know, yeah. he just hates Christmas, hates Christmas, and then at the end, it's that heartwarming moment again of, no, Yondu really does care. He just can't let people know that he cares. Yeah. He can't be a leader of a pirate-esque ship yeah. and yeah. express feelings. And show right. that yeah, other side. Not, yeah, but, we, but we get the origin of how Quill got his guns, too. Yeah. Which was that. another great yeah, uh, nice, nice callback. Yeah, it was really right. nice. All right, Jimmy, what you got? Well, you know, if you're going to talk about his guns, that was his uh, Red Rider BB gun, really. <laughs> yeah. uh, this movie, uh, special, whatever you want to call it, to me was everything that a cheesy but fun Christmas special is. It reminded me of the <laughs> the square peg forced into a round hole that was the Star Wars Christmas special that they just had to make something, and they made a variety <laughs> show that had music. Cue <laughs> Kevin Bacon or the band uh, in this Guardian special. It has comedy. It has a little bit of heart. I, I love slash hate Christmas specials, especially if they're forced. But this one almost embraced it. And Garfield's I, Christmas not good enough for you. <laughs> Star Wars Christmas special. I it, I love and hate them. They're they're a unique <laughs> oddity, and they shouldn't exist, but they do. You know, and so the, what they've got to do is they've got to force whatever the franchise is into a Christmas format. So you know, we had the early animation, we had the the forced Christmas songs, which means it's a variety show. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a throwback, I think, to a lot of different genres handling Christmas, and I enjoyed it, I, even though I know it's being forced. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, they knew they were in on the joke. They were winking. You know, like, when they made this, they said, okay, we're, we don't care. We're going to go to 11 on this because we can. I thought, you know, the scenes with Drax and Mantis, their repartee, I think, was very funny. I thought, boy, are they going to be doing this whole movie? But then as they started going along, they started doing things on Earth and meeting people. They're, you know, I loved that fish-out-of-water concept. I, it was the same thing I, I remember from, like, uh, the Star Trek Four, where they visit Earth. You know, it, it makes you see Earth in the weirdness that it is. It made you see Christmas in the weirdness that it is, in the horrible explanation of Christmas <laughs> that, you know, was throughout this whole special. So I, I laughed. I enjoyed it. It's terrible, but it was supposed to be. So I had fun. 
here, there are two aliens that yeah. have never experienced Earth, aside from what Quill has told them about Earth, thinking Kevin Bacon is a real hero. <laughs> from a child. That's memories. what's so funny, is they're all actors, and they're disgusted by actors. Oh, an actor? The like, that's what I was laughing out loud at that, because, like, it's the meta part of it. Oh, of yeah. They're all actors and saying actors are disgusting and, and everything, thinking he was a real true hero, saving the galaxy from a dance-off. Mantis's dry heaves were yeah. pretty spectacular. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's get on to our scores before this gets off the rails. Uh, off Bradford, the rails. you went first. Go, you want to go ahead and give us your score there, sir? Yeah, I thought, kind of like Jim said, stupid fun Christmas special. I enjoyed it. I'm going with a seven. Okay. Jimmy. I enjoyed this. I'm going to give it a six because I don't care for Christmas specials <laughs> and holiday themed, you know, special event things, but I did enjoy it. I did have fun. So while it wasn't great, it was great fan service. Uh, Jeremy K. Govert. I'm glad I watched it. I'm sure it fits into the jigsaw puzzle that is the MCU. We'll have to wait for, of course, for <laughs> for uh, Guardians Three to make, to make absolutely yeah. sure, but uh, I'm sure it does. But I won't watch it every year. That's why I said interesting earlier, okay. Bradford, when you said, "Oh, I'm going to watch it every year." I was like, "Ooh, okay, interesting." Undecided. Uh, for yeah, me. I, I, I just yeah. it it wasn't. I'll pop it on. That's I'll pop it on. I know, yeah. but I, I I'll I I guarantee you by February I'll forget this even exists. <laughs> so also, I don't think a non-Marvel fan would find any value in it. No. No, it's and, not meant for them. No, okay, I knew you were going to say that. So <laughs> I, I understand that it's not meant for them. But what I'm saying is is that if I showed certain Marvel movies to non-usual superhero fans, there's value still in it. They may not be like, oh, it's the greatest movie I've ever seen. But they'll be like, oh, okay, I liked this Captain or America I liked that or really that was good. a really great representation there yeah. or this story was cool. I don't think that has – I think it's completely empty for, uh, in this for them. Okay. That's okay. And yeah. so with that, I'm going to agree with Jim. I give it a six. I'm going to ask this. Does this movie serve Guardians of the Galaxy 3 by establishing a few things that yes. they don't yes. have to do in the movie? Absolutely. Making yep. Mantis, you know, Peter's sister. Yep. And they don't have to spend 15 minutes on that they're, at all. They're, yeah. they're, on, they're based on, uh, on, did you say on? They're based, I guess on, on Nowhere. Yeah. Right. right. They, they bought nowhere. Yeah, yeah, they bought nowhere. So that, that establishes that. They would have had to explain all that in three of what they've sure. been doing this whole time. That was a so. great point of picking up from there. This is a great establishment of where they're at since Thor Love and Thunder, since they you know, bounced Thor. Yeah. And they're on their own again and trying to search for whatever happened to, to, to Gamora. But now they have a base. They have a familial relationship now. This really does set up plenty that they don't have to worry about explaining now and taking time away that they would have to cut other things they can get into the adventure way more quickly. Which I, I absolutely love that. So yeah, that's, that's so great. To me, this is Guardians that, of the Galaxy two and a half. That's, that's a great jumping is. point. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, maybe as a I'll Christmas bu- special, I'll give it a, <laughs> right. I'll give it a six and a half. Now I'm, I'm giving it an extra half point because of what it's doing for Ga- Guardians three. And I don't think people will realize that there'll be plenty of people that just skipped on it. That before the Guardians three comes out, they're gonna be like, oh, "Crap, I need to go watch this." Because <laughs> people are gonna tell them. Because people like us that might get an advanced screening of Guardians three are gonna be like, "You better make sure you go watch the Guardians well, holiday okay. special." So to that point, it's kind of like WandaVision, right? So when you went and see yeah. uh, Multiverse of Madness, yep. you don't have to see WandaVision first, but man, does it help if yeah. if you want to appreciate. The movie you're about to see, yes. you need to yep. see. To yeah. its full degree. Yeah, absolutely. Without question. All right, to our question. Let's do it. All right, Gover, 
Yeah. This is this was your idea, and I think it fits very well. Yeah, we want. Yeah, we wanted this to be a quick episode just to talk about the holiday special. But then I thought, you know what? What would be a quick topic to talk about as well? Let's talk about our favorite non-movie MCU project. Okay, so I'm not going to steal anybody's thunder here, so I'm not going to give any examples. But let's just whatever is not a movie that's part of the canon MCU. Yep, that counts. Okay, and so right. I, I'll, I'll start just because I. It, you know, I, I, I'm sure I'm not going to pick anybody's uh, favorite here. I don't think. Damn it! Oh. <laughs> uh, the pre-outrage yes, is already rolling. Yes, well, you might as well get it ready. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is mine. Okay. So I, I really enjoyed that series a lot. The first two episodes, extremely slow. To the point where I thought, man, do I... I mean, I as an MCU fan, I'm invested because I want to see how this is going to go, how it's going to tie into other projects and films and this and that. I know there's going to be things I need to see. I just don't care. <laughs> By episode four, I was I was like, this is great. And every episode after that built on itself. And at the end, I was a huge fan of that episode, of that series. So my answer of favorite non-movie MCU project is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm shocked because that is like probably my least favorite. Mm. That was a slog from beginning to end for me. I like it because of a lot of the racial issues that they did cover. And that's one of the reasons right I like front. it so much. Right up front. Sure. With the with the, the is, handover of everything and the way that they addressed it. And also, I mean, they, they had a they had a, a scene of, of a battle a fight scene or a training scene. I love training sequences. It was, it was great. <laughs> well <laughs> his his speech at oh, the end yeah. to the congressmen's or whatever whatever that was mm-hmm. a little pocket of politicians is th- loved it. That could be done as monologues and acting classes in high schools all over totally America. Good. It's awesome. It was good. What I'm so curious about with that show, though, is I want to see what the original plot and story was going to be pre-pandemic because they had to make a lot of changes. It was said that they had to make so many changes because they didn't want to be too right on the money <laughs> with what happened in the pandemic, so they adjusted. Interesting. They had to I do reshoots that. and everything. Oh, either. yeah, they had to do reshoots. They had to, do some, they had to make some changes and quickly make some changes. That's why they seemed choppy at parts. Because they had to chop. They had to choppy, choppy. Okay. Uh, so, well, since that was Thanks one of Jim's least favorites, let's go to Jim next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Without question, WandaVision was a masterpiece. It's spectacular. It nailed genres, but it didn't get tied down by the genres. It wasn't serving like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we did an episode like this? I mean, we've seen those things where you watch, uh, we'll say, a Star Trek The Next Generation, where they're going, oh, this week we're bored and we have nothing to do, so we're going to go on the holodeck <laughs> and we're going to be Sherlock Holmes for this week. You know what I mean? <laughs> it it didn't do that. Every era that they went through on every week was pivotal to the story and served the story that, you know, her her mind had created this alternate universe it was so well done and it had heart and everything about that had me guessing from start to finish and then you know we had beautiful performances from Catherine Hahn and it really came to like an amazing climax there was nothing in that series that i anticipated and for that i just say bravo great writing and I will also add one more thing to that, and that it was the first Disney Plus show, right? And so like, like, like of that, there was right? a lot of pressure as well, right? D- the streaming deliver. services first. This is our exclusive product, and they could have gone a lot safer than that. that no, that's my point. Yeah, is they mm-hmm. they they hit it out of the park despite that. And what I liked about a lot of these series, especially WandaVision, establishing that Falcon Winter Soldier, is 
it showed characters dealing with real life yeah. issues. Yes. Like grief in a superhero way, but grief with yes. WandaVision, how to deal with loss. These are human issues. Human issues. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier, not just race, but also do superheroes get paid? How do they afford this? Yes. How does he afford his family home to help his family? How do they how do they have money to do anything? Right. I mean, that's a whoa, a realism hits you right there. Those are good <laughs> with questions. Those types of things. Yeah, they're great questions. And they yeah, they they handle it really well. Uh, Justin Bradford, your favorite non-MCU movie enterprise. Okay, so while WandaVision would be up there, I did enjoy Falcon Winter Soldier. I, I really enjoyed Miss Marvel, but Loki. Really? Awesome. It was excellent. Loki's mine because oh, wow. of the way it... Well, of course you disagree because it wasn't yours. Yours was Falcon Winter Soldier. No, 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 no. You... no I was disagreeing with Jim, Jim's oh. comment. Said it was out, what did you say, outstanding? What was the word you used? I, I think it was outstanding. Oh, it was yeah. outstanding. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was outstanding because every week... Every week after episode one, I was like, what's happening next? Because I got that feeling, and we were shown that feeling was true, that this was going to change the MCU. This was MCU changing television. Because we see what's introduced here is that things can be different with just a snap of a finger, aside from Thanos. But with the multiverse being introduced, this introduces the multiverse, introduces a next big bad, takes care of so many different things like that, that for just a TV series to have that type of scope and scale of how it can affect so many other things in the universe. That's why I loved it because it was nonstop for me of what are they going to introduce next? What are they going to cover next? With plenty of funny moments, all the different Lokis, Tom Hiddleston being peak Tom Hiddleston, which I absolutely loved. He was Um, so good. So good. Him and Owen Wilson on screen together, I think, had great chemistry going. That was the pair I never knew I needed to see. And then Sophia DiMartino, I loved as Sylvie. She's, uh, she she was, was she stole the show for me. Yes, she she mm-hmm. was fantastic. The music, I know you roll your eyes, but the music was incredible with it because it was. I love powerful. how we rolled our eyes one time, maybe twice at the music thing, and now every episode. <laughs> yeah, because I expect it now. So incredible that was it. The TSU marching band, Tennessee State University marching band, was playing Loki in the stands. There's That's YouTube cool. videos of that. That's awesome. The marching bands are playing <laughs> music from this because it's that just it's powerful. It's heavy brass and. I just love to feel the power of it, too. But more than anything else, it's because the impact that it has in the future of the MCU. And now we see trailers of Quantumania for Ant-Man and the Wasp. And it's like, that's directly connected to what happened in Loki. And so many other things. There's going to be another season of Loki, of what's going to happen there. But we see the person that will be Kang introduced in a different version of the multiverse. We saw Multiverse of Madness or Doctor Strange. Like, it's connecting so many things. They were able to keep on having Loki without Loki being in Thor movies. And I really appreciated that. I want to give an honorable mention to She-Hulk. I don't think She-Hulk. I love She-Hulk. Got oh, man. Any, it got review bombed, and those people are d bags because <laughs> they cannot handle or understand she bags. If you will, great <laughs> she bags. Yes, that is fantastic. That one's for you, McGillney. They cannot handle. A, I think I think there's a lot of fanboys that can't handle a female lead. And they directly addressed that. And they, knew. they addressed it. I think Tatiana Maslany is one of the best, funniest actresses. I was a big fan of hers. It was hers. her first comedy. Yeah. She did Orphan <laughs> Black, which was really much more serious, but had some comedic moments. But she showed, I mean, a whole new side of her. I was rooting for her the whole time. And to take it at a meta level, ah, I was just, I was freaked out by how amazing that final episode of so really great. just ripping the seams apart of Love that. reality and the Disney 
channel. The Disney Plus, she pops out of the, <laughs> the grid on the screen. It, uh, it was amazing. Self-aware, meta, on the nose, everything. They predicted everything to happen that was going to happen with how fans, quote unquote fans, mm-hmm. were going to react. And that's what I loved about it is that they called out the incels yes. before the incels even had a chance to call it out. And the incels probably didn't stick around to oh, see themselves great. be mocked. It was great. <laughs> Love She-Hulk. Loved Miss Marvel as well. But yep. that was a very underrated show. I think so too. Uh, yes. The last two episodes, I will, I have to admit, were not as great as the rest of the ep- as the rest of the series. But I, I'm ex- I'm genuinely excited to see how she fits into the Young Avengers or whatever the next, next step is. Yeah, it's going to be tremendous. And I'm excited for her great. as an actress because she is a no. nerd. She's a full on fan. Yes, for that's sure. one of the first times we're getting someone that's growing up as a Marvel fan now being in the MCU. She is a complete fan. Yeah, I love 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 that because she is all in on her character. Yeah, which is great. She gets to grow with it too now. So what we're saying here is there's a lot of great nominees to choose from. There is. I and mean, we didn't even mention Werewolf by Night. No, which was a great Halloween esque. Like it's a perfect yeah. one off for Moon Knight, which is a lot of fun. Moon Knight was awesome. And I, this Oscar Isaac not even going to be connected to anything else now. Oscar Isaac <laughs> should be nominated for Best Actor for an Emmy or whatever. However, the streaming services yeah, work. It, he the was categories are blurred, but uh, yeah. Bottom line, he just he he crushed it. Yeah, yeah. So. Go MCU in the non-movie form. There's so much to love. And if you haven't given some of these shows a chance through all their episodes, do it. It's the holidays. Don't talk to your family. Go watch these. Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett. The Untitled Film Project podcast is presented in cooperation with iHeartRadio.